the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We have a ton to cover, lots to cover today. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Uh, Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and it'll kick right there. You can sign up for the daily email the daily wink, what you need to know. And you're going to want to do that because you want to want to know what's going on. You got to know, uh, you got to sign up there. So sign up for the daily wink and you'll get that in your inbox at 8 a.m. each day, each day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, you won't regret it. Okay. Uh, We have some great guests as always today. We'll talk with John Schlafly. I haven't talked to John Schlafly in a few days, excuse me, since last week, his column, uh, the Schlafly report comes out. And then a very interesting book by Colonel John Mills has just come out. It's called The Nation Will Follow. You can go and read about it, the previews, thenationwillfollow.com. You can buy it there. It's also available wherever you buy books. Uh, John Mills is a retired uh, intelligence uh, intelligence community um, military man, army guy, colonel, retired colonel, and also served in the civilian capacity at the highest levels. He kind of is, an, he's, he's a, well, he, he, I don't know if you call it red-pilled. You know, people use that term, but he's somebody who's, saw what he was doing and realized there was problems only sort of put it together now uh, in the last year or two, two years, maybe uh, what it means, but he also has a charge to keep on what to do. So you'll want to check that out. John Mills, Colonel John Mills, his book. uh, It's really entertaining and interesting. Um, So we'll get to that. All right. I rise today in defense of Ginny Thomas, Ginny Thomas. Um, You watch, uh, you probably have watched, if you look closely on social media, periodically they come after Ginny Thomas. Now, I want to pause and I want to describe for you how um, nasty this is, how terrible it is, how how wrong it is. And um, this is the, the dynamic part of this. So let me first say, I can't tell you the story, the specifics, because we're in the middle of it. But I have a friend who I work with on a bunch of different uh, issues, and I have watched uh, while that friend has been targeted by opponents, by people who don't like her, by people who uh, don't think that the um, uh, entity's effectiveness uh, is, is serving what they like. And my point here is, if you've been around politics for a while, you know uh, attacks, personal attacks, slurs and smears are common. What's different about today is you can use social media to slur and smear and the mainstream media, so-called, the broader media is a better way to say it, will pick it up. And so in the old days, if someone said something about you, let's say that they didn't like you and I, you were in, at the time I was in Missouri, someone would say, I don't like something about this or that. It was relatively limited how they could disseminate that slur and smear. They had to go and try to talk a reporter or a columnist or a radio host into covering it. Now you can slur and smear someone, the old SNS. You can do it by social media. And if you do it on social media with enough energy and if it gets enough virality, becomes viral enough, you will find that it gets picked up by others in the mainstream media, in the sort of regular media. 
And that's what's happening with Ginny Thomas. And the idea in the old days was make you worry if you were a candidate for office or you're in public life, make you worry about the cost to you and your reputation. And if it's really nasty about your family. So years ago, when I was running for office in Missouri, my wife, who has some uh, some uh, was gifted some stock from her grandmother, actually. And that stock was gifted to my wife. It's not mine. It's still in my wife's name, always has been, always will be. But you have to list when you run for federal office your assets and you have to include your spouse's assets. So the assets were my wife's stock. Well, there was an article then in the in the newspaper in one of the left wing rags attacking my positions, saying it was derived from my interest, conflict of interest because of the stocks of my wife which is just silly, but it was meant to drive your, that kind of hit, that kind of attack drives your spouse a little crazy, right? It's, it's, it, it makes my wife crazy. And then she's making me uncomfortable because I'm trying to deal with it. And it just distracts. That's what they're doing with Ginny Thomas. That's what they're doing with Ginny Thomas. Ginny Thomas has a 25 year, 30 year, probably 40 year career herself. She's a professional. She's been a, a communicator, a trainer, a writer. And she has been involved in lots of different things. But because she's married to Clarence Thomas, she they go after her. Now, by the way, she's very effective. She's, she's really popular. People know her. They like her. She's been an organizer. There's a bunch of stuff that she does. They're not talking about any of this. She's, she's been one of these people who's a good connector. She sometimes sits at the center of a bunch of spokes that go out from the center, and she's able to link, the, link people together. It's a very effective thing. And you can say, well, she does it by her name. Oh, there's lots of famous people with a husband or wife that's a big name that can't do what Ginny uh, Thomas does in terms of managing, in terms of skills. And so, well, yeah, okay, so she is conservative. That's not too surprising. She's married to Clarence Thomas, but she's conservative, pro-life, uh, you know, pro-family, wants less government, all those kinds of things. But she's being slurred and smeared because of her husband. And there's nothing else to it. And yet every couple of months, you'll see her dragged out. And again, the, the, the trick in the modern era is you slur and smear someone, and then the media will chase it because they're lazy. The reporters are lazy. That's true, but also because that's the game. And they'll say things like, oh, there's an online, there's a the social media is a buzz with this question. What does that mean? If you're a serious reporter or a commentator, you shouldn't be taking your cue from some nonsense that is derived. By the way, you, we now know Twitter and Facebook and others, what goes viral is influenced by what they want to go viral, but what they prefer to go viral, both for their business model and for their politics. So I, I, here's my thing. Ginny Thomas, and, and let me say this, I haven't always agreed with Ginny Thomas. There's a couple of issues we disagree on. There's a couple of candidates we disagreed on. But she's a fundamentally a really good lady, very talented woman, and her own person. Her own, uh, you know, has her own career and success. And the idea that she's being smeared and slurred and that the slurs and smears are flowing and that it will be accompanied by, guaranteed, more media coverage. It's just outrageous. And I, and I love the hypocrisy of the, of the left. Where's the feminists to jump up and down and say, hey, why are you doing this to a woman, a successful woman who, who has, has opinions? Why are you doing that to her? It's crazy. It's a crazy attack. It's terrible for the country. It's bad for everybody, and it shouldn't be done. 
And I like Jenny Thomas. I just like her. She's really talented and, and interesting and uh, pretty funny, actually. Got a great sense of humor. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back with John Schlafly and Colonel John Mills. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, writes a weekly column He over at townhall.com with his brother, Andy Schlafly. The two of them team up to do this. It's the Schlafly Report. You should go to townhall.com each Tuesday evening, later Wednesday, and catch it there. Also, you can go over to the uh, great website, uh, phyllisschlafly.com. All of his writings are archived there, and you can catch up. John, welcome back to the program. How are you? Thank you, Ed. Uh, good. How are you today? I'm doing fine. So first, before we get to, to the column, uh, which is uh, the title of the column, I think, yeah, Stop Political Prosecutions. Your thoughts on this week in um, in electoral politics, in, in campaign politics, of course, the big news was up in Wyoming. But I, again, uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot more than just that. But what are your thoughts right now? Well, you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. I think that's what <laughs> Steve Bannon said. And uh, of course, you know, it's kind of all the whole summer has been building to the comeuppance of Liz Cheney. And, you know, the media has been trying to play that down as if they're saying, oh, well, we knew she was going to lose. So what does it matter? Look, she lost by two to one. It was like 65 percent to 31 percent, something like that. Now, nobody, as somebody said, there's never been such a wipeout of an incumbent in a pri- in their own primary, you know, in a century. Yeah. I mean, so that is, I think, very telling. And let's play it for all it's worth, because, frankly, it was a long time in coming. And all the other elections that have led up to this were just kind of a, uh, a warm up act. And uh, and of course, the idea that, you know, Liz Cheney thinks she's going to run for president. I mean, come on. That's well, just, this is this is this is what I want to tell. This is what I want to say, John. I mean, I, 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 forgetting for a second how you as you point out, how badly she lost. Again, I guess I guess I could be piling on. I'll be accused of being something. But she's she's really not a good media presence. She's not charismatic. I'm sorry. She's not an attractive woman. I mean, she's it's harsh and all this. And but think of what the media did for. Uh, well, for 36 or 48 hours, they ran piece after piece that this woman might like Abe Lincoln lose a house race and run for president. And you're, you're like looking at it going, how stupid does the media think the American people are? And, and I, I don't think that they ever stop now. They're going all the way. I mean, it's the dumbest thing to think that somehow Liz Cheney, who is from the Cheney family, which is even more poorly perceived than the Bush family, W. Bush, regarding the war and the lies about WMD. So they're not going to get any votes on the left or the middle. And in the Republican Party, she just got absolutely repudiated. But the media is completely out of control and it makes you shake your head, except then you realize they do this over and over again. And a whole bunch of Americans are, are brainwashed uh, to believe it so much so that Michael Hayden, the CIA director, retired, said recently, retweeted a tweet and agreed retweeted someone else and agreed. Basically, we have to do we had to do anything we could to stop this guy uh, becoming president for a second term. Donald Trump. I mean, it, the media is out of control. Right. And, and for the Michael Hayden, who, frankly, at one point he was treated respectfully uh, by conservatives when he was in the Bush administration. But for him to compare, you know, Donald Trump keeping some copies of some files in his locked basement, as if to compare that to the Rosenbergs delivering 
nuclear secrets to the Soviet Union, to Stalin, on the eve of their exploding their first nuclear weapon. I mean, that is so over the top. There's never been such a horrible comparison. And then for Liz Cheney to claim that she represents democracy and she's a a supporter of democracy and she's on the January 6th committee defending democracy. Well, you know, I would say, to quote a pet phrase on the left, some of your leaders may have heard it, I mean, Madam, Madam Cheney, this is what democracy looks like. Right, right. I mean, your voters right. don't approve of what you're doing and and you're out of there. Right. The uh, listen, we're talking with John Schlafly again. His column is uh, available over at townhall.com and also phyllisschlafly.com. Um, you know, Newt Gingrich said something like uh, um, basically she admitted in her concession speech that all she cared about was hurting Donald Trump politically. And, and Newt said something like, yeah, that now you wonder why we all look at your work on the January 6th commission, commission, uh, the select committee and think it's all political. Um, but back now to John, to when 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 you have Michael Hayden say that CIA director, when you have John Brennan going around saying these things, when you have uh, members of the bar on the left or center left saying things like we have to fortify the election by challenging or changing every law to make it so that we can get more. More votes in ways that are less secure than others, meaning drop boxes and mail and all that happening. Is it any surprise that the next step, as your column alludes to, is prosecutions of people who disagree? Because I think that the left or the people in power think they're entitled to it because they know what democracy is and therefore democracy is whatever they say. And it doesn't have matter what, what you say. Well, that's right. And of course, they're they have weaponized. That's the word of the week. Uh, the, the justice system in the service of one political party against another political party in our country. And everybody who supported the last president and future president is basically at risk. And not only uh, for prosecution and even their attorneys uh, are losing their attorney client privilege. And uh, somebody even suggested that uh, today, in fact, that uh, Michael Gableman, the distinguished retired Supreme Court justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court may lose his law license because he conducted a perfectly reasonable inquiry into the evidence of what happened in the last election. I mean, that's how gone, far gone these people are. Well, and 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 it goes further, right, John? I mean, it's it's we're now and your piece goes into this about uh, Mar-a-Lago, um, Scott Perry. You know, I mean, again, it, 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 you almost have to pause and try to explain to people how crazy this is. If you're a member of Congress, you you by definition are part of the of the of the body that is responsible for a whole bunch of the constitutional duties of the country. So insofar as they need to reach you for something, a, a national security, a safety to get your phone, they know how to do it. And Scott Perry, a member of Congress, they they go they follow him on vacation and they take his phone FBI. Again, it's not it's it's not just what they're doing. It's how they're doing it. It's it's um, and well, if you listen to the program a couple of days ago, Paul Manafort, 11 months in solitary confinement. Right. I mean, this is insanity. Well, that's right. And uh, Scott Perry, a member of Congress, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham, a member of the Senate, are both being, you know, harassed through the judicial process, even though, I mean, as your readers know, you can whip out your pocket constitution because members of Congress and the Senate have a special immunity 
for their statements, uh, uh, which is provided by the Constitution. And that is obviously designed to give effect to their representative function, their independent function. And yet the today's Justice Department is paying no attention to that immunity. So uh, that case involved, you know, involving either Perry or Graham may go to the Supreme Court to define the the limits of how far that immunity extends. But that's very important. And it just shows that these people who pretend to care about democracy, but they don't care about our Constitution, because that's an important provision that our founding fathers gave us. Uh, we're talking again with uh, John Schlafly. Um, John, do you where do you think it ends at this point? I mean, are you of the uh, are- I, I, Ed, it ends when Trump is reelected in 24? I don't think it's going to end before that. And basically, our system is hanging by a thread here. And uh, we simply have to take power back from the people who have it now in in, you know, both the congressional and the executive branch of government. It, do you have much hope that the uh, cha- that the fall elections, November elections, will will help uh, slow things or no? Well, I do think the Republicans will make gains, but uh, I don't think it's not going to be a blowout. I think, like it was in 1994 or 2010, I think everyone understands that. But um, but even if you know, worst case, Ed, even if the Republicans only gain, we'll say. 15 to 20 seats and just barely unseat Nancy Pelosi, you know, that's really good enough to take yeah. charge of the committees and to undertake subpoenas and investigations and at least stop the Biden agenda. Yeah, I um, I, I, I hope uh, I hope you're wrong on that, John. I didn't I don't think I've heard you say that. Let me maybe I'll pause and say you think it's going to be a close election this fall. You don't th- you don't agree with the uh, description that, you know, oh, the, the turnout's going to be so high for Republicans. Uh, you, you know, even Wyoming, the turnout was massive in that primary Republicans. And, and and people say, you know, part of that's the energy. You don't think it turns into a, a, a real red wave. You think it ends up being sloppier and tighter because of uh, the power of uh, Pelosi's money and the media and everything else. Well, the other side does have more money and they are running uh, tens of millions of dollars of advertising. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the House, you kind of have to go each one of the 435 districts and see where things stand in that district. It takes a lot of on the ground intelligence to do that. There Mm -hmm. are just a handful of firms that are large enough to keep track of those individual House races. Most of them lean to the left. Um, I mean, most of the you know, right. people like the Cook Report, as an example. Right. And uh, they firms like that are portraying it as closer than we would like. And also, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden is so slightly recovering, I think, in his approval rating. The inflation rate, the gas prices have come down a little bit. And Biden is milking that for all it's worth. And we still have about 85 days before Election Day. And there's still a October surprise that could happen. So mm. nothing is in the bag, Ed. All right. Well, uh, let me uh, point people again. Stop political prosecu- prosecutions. John and Andy Schlafly. Uh, go, to, go to phyllisschlafly.com and see all the archived columns. Thank you, John. As always, we'll talk again next week. John Schlafly, everybody. we got to run. Uh, it's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will be back in a moment. Don't forget uh, phyllisschlafly.com for all of uh, John's columns. Be right back. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I was just talking offline. Our next guest, uh, Colonel John Mills, retired colonel. We uh, we spoke a, a long time ago about our concerns about elections, election integrity, what to do about it, how to get the systems changing, how to move things along. Well, uh, Colonel John Mills, he has written a book, and uh, the book is entitled The Nation Will Follow, Firsthand Experiences Fighting the Deep State and the Action Plan for the American Citizen. This is I think what John and I talked about the last time was a lot about what he saw people could be doing and how he was going to help them. So first of all, welcome, uh, Colonel John R. Mills. How are you, sir? Oh, Ed, I am fine, and thank you. It's always an honor to be with you. Well, you're nice to say. So first, let me ask you before uh, we'll talk. I I love the idea. The subtitle is action plan, right? Tell me all the things that are wrong, then tell me what we're going to do, right? So I think that's important in this environment. But... You wrote this down, this book. It's kind of part memoir. It's kind of part uh, The Matrix in a funny way. You kind of come out of this and say, I figured out where I'd been, um, you know, maybe misled is overstated, but kind of where, where you missed some signs. Tell me what the, 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 that part of this book means to you. Well, thank you, Ed. Yeah, the, the nation will follow uh, at uh, nationwillfollow.com. It, it really is. I've spent almost 40 years now in the national security apparatus in one way or another. What happened was that I realized I was in the middle of a number of events that were leading up to Spygate. Uh, this is even before President Trump's elections 2016 uh, and the immediate uh, prelude to the election and immediately after the election and so on. And I realized I was... I was right in the middle of a number of senior level meetings, uh, briefings, uh, and just collusion activities that led to the the move uh, against Trump. And really the the climax and where it was at this point no, no longer ambiguous was a few days after the election. I was called on the top secret phone, uh, just a, a colleague of mine, just absolutely giddy with excitement. John, you have got to be part of the interagency. We're standing up. We're going to finalize the Russia story, finalize that Trump is a Russian asset so that we can uh, uh, possibly delay or block the inauguration. This is this is the initial inauguration of, hmm. of Donald J. Trump. I mean, this wow. is this is insanity. Right. But there was a number of events before that. I realized, I, okay, this is this is really this is really things are really getting weird. And but at that point in time, it was manifest that there absolutely was no question in my mind. There was a deep state, and there was a coup against Donald J. Trump, who had just been elected president in 2016. And uh, and uh, so I this. We, we ran the study, or ran, it's called an Intel Community Assessment. Uh, bottom line, what happens when, you, when the team does it, it comes back to the departments and agencies for final approval by the secretary, like the Secretary of Defense in my, my uh, situation. Right. Only one problem, when the, when the report came back, the same report I'd been working on, I, I, I read through the final document, which was substantially different than what we had been working on. And it said that there is no evidence in the body of this this classified document. The executive summary says he's a Russian asset. There's no evidence in the body. Therefore, my recommendation is non-concur. And I was told, don't worry about it. Stop the staffing actions. 
He secretary is already signed because Comey and Brennan are personally hands on keyboard writing the uh, writing the document. And I mean, this is that's a huge flag. A, a director right. of CIA or, or right. FBI, they never personally write these things. And and it just from that point on, it, it was uh, I knew we were in a state of war against the deep state. We're talking with uh, uh, John R. Mills, a uh, retired uh, Army uh, colonel, and uh, the nationwillfollow.com. I want to say that a couple times. You can go there and get the book there and, and find out more. Um, John, at the beginning of the book, in the, in the prologue, you, you use a quote from Whitaker Chambers, and the quote is, a witness, in the sense that I am using the word, is a man whose life and faith are so completely one that when the challenge comes to step out and testify for his faith, he does so, disregarding all risks, except all consequences in, in when you talk like this in this book very candidly about what you saw about what you believe uh you can connect the dots on some of this what is what's the risk to you i mean have you found are you are you uh, maybe maybe it is a physical risk but i mean it, this is uh, sort of talking out of school well, this is, I mean, kind of the traditional career path for somebody like me retiring. I retired both as a colonel and as a senior civilian is, you know, hey, you know, you just kind of join the system and you kind of get a nice, you know, you know, uh, job that essentially, uh, you know, just right. perpetuates the swamp. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it like that. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it, there's been there's been consequences and, uh, and and other matters. Yeah, of course. And. Uh, uh, so it, but Whitaker Chambers. For every American who does not know the name Whitaker Chambers, I urge them to please look it up. He is such an important figure. From you know the the uh, uh, Howard's in history books teach us that uh, Whitaker Chambers was a horrible, horrible man. It's just exactly the opposite. He was a communist who had a conversion to Christ, realized he was with the wrong crowd, uh, and outed a number of his colleagues who were uh, the original deep state who were Soviet agents inside of uh, uh, State Department, the U.S. government, the State Department. And guess what? He was correct. He was right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, John Mills, again, uh, encourage people uh, to visit the nation will follow dot com for the book. The same name, the nation will follow. Um, do you are you optimistic? I mean, when you write this, a lot of what you see, what you describe and what you describe having seen is stuff that happened up to the election in 2016 and immediately after and then Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. And are you optimistic? I mean, in some ways, 2020, you know, more and more we see Michael Hayden, the, the uh, former what is he, director of intelligence. He comes out and says see, yesterday, yesterday, something like, you know, yeah, I totally agree. You know, anything to stop Trump, that was that should have been our goal. You know, they're all terrible. And you're like, what? Really? The head of, you know, one of the key intelligence officers. Are you optimistic that we can win because it feels to a lot of people like in 2020, no matter how they did it, it doesn't feel like it was on the up and up. Well, yeah. And for, yes, I am absolute Churchillian on this. We <laughs> given a steel resolve. We will win. We're the majority. Rasmussen just came out with their numbers the other day. And I thought that I was low because I always said we're the majority. We're 80 percent. Let's start acting like it. Well, according to Rasmussen, only 16 percent do not believe there is a deep state. 
So I was low. It's 84%. So we're the majority. Let's start acting like it. I am just, I, uh, Hayden, who felt that he had Secretary of Defense locked in with low energy jab, uh, you know, has been just angry and spiteful since then. But I'll tell you another story yeah. uh, about uh, Hayden is, uh, you know, after I retired from government, uh, I was meeting somewhere in D.C. and uh, a person came in and said, hey, sorry I'm late. Guess who's on the other side of that drywall and what they're talking about. And I said, I don't know. I give up. Who is it? Oh, it's General Hayden coordinating his uh, weekly talking points with Comey, Brennan, and Clapper. Hmm. Wow. So, so Hayden, uh, who I have, worked, have, have uh, been around, I, ha- I did have the utmost respect for, he's bought in. He's bought into the process. Trump has changed things. I don't mean this book as a political, um, I, that, a partisan. I want every American of all ilks to be able to read this and see themselves in, in it. Because Donald J. Trump dared to change the status quo and the dynamic, not just talk about it, actually do something about it. He's paying the price. He's crawled over broken glass for us. I think we can crawl over broken glass back for him. And again, I'm not being partisan. He is the only one, not even Reagan, challenged the deep state in the swamp. So I think it's up to all Americans. And part of this book, many people have written books about the deep state. This is also an action plan. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to get to. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to cut you off. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to cut you off. I was going to try to interrupt and say, okay, uh, when you read this, I think people will get the feeling exactly what you said. It's fascinating. The palace intrigue is one subsection. I mean, you know, uh, all these kinds of ins and outs of the of a guy that was in there. And and maybe you could say it two ways, right? Whitaker Chambers, as you mentioned, had a conversion. I think probably along the way, you knew more, uh, or I don't know if there was one moment, and, and, but leave that aside. What do we do now, John? When I first met you, we were a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, you were talking about, hey, look, if people don't believe the election went right, here's steps we can take to corral and improve election integrity. Now, what do we do now? When I read The Nation Will Follow, again, nation, the nationwillfollow.com, I'm so uh, worried about the deep state. I don't know if we're going to have a free and fair election in the fall. Yeah, I again, I just have a, there's no other choice. I'm Churchillian on this. <laughs> Good. We, no matter what, no matter, never, ever, ever, ever give up or surrender. And, and, and we have the advantage in so many ways we need to start acting like. But first and foremost, we learned a very hard lesson. All American, the governance, the government elections are all constitutionally really based on the county. And you and I first started talking about this in 2019, 2020, even before the 2020 election. Right. As I studied this and I purposed myself um, and I purposed myself like Daniel, I said, I've got to understand this. I thought I knew these things. And the more I realized, I said, we, the country was stolen behind my back. It's all about Americans absolutely passionately asserting control in their counties or county equivalent, the 3,300 counties, county equivalents across America. It's all there. And you have to dominate the election board, the county council, the registrar, the school board, the sheriff, the judges and the prosecutors, you, the American citizen, it's us. It's up to us to dominate. I eat my own dog food. I'm really throwing some, (laughs) throwing some punch 
churches in my own county in Prince William and having some effect. And so are a lot of others, too. They're doing a great job. But you, it, everybody needs to be a Loudoun County parent and grab the fence and roar and and refuse to sit you know sh- shut up sit down get vaccinated and do what they're told yeah <laughs> they battle for the soul of our it's a battle for all of us well um john i i really again john r mills um his book is the nation will follow um the nation will follow.com I, I enjoyed immensely and thought, okay, this guy's onto something a year, two years ago, two and a half years ago when we first met. But I'm really glad you wrote the, wrote this book because I think it helps people to see somebody who went through, and, and I mean this in the right way. I think you'll know what I mean, John. You're not famous like a clapper or a Comey or somebody, you, you just did your job for a lot of years, decades. And when you write about this, you get the sense of the authenticity of what you saw, or what you went through and what you saw. I think that really helps um, make it relate to everybody, as you point out, and the action plan, the action plan to get involved and keep it local. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if it matters as much for now, if we win the house or Senate, I'm not sure that they'll do enough good that we need, but I do know if you can win the County council's race in your County or, uh, or win the school board, you can change lives uh, the next day. So uh, thank you for the time, John. We'll have you back on again. Uh, let us know. The book is out right now. Uh, I think it's out right now, but the nation will follow.com is where you can go to get it for, for sure. And we'll have you back on again soon, John. Thank you. Thank you. Ed. Always an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Great pleasure. We'll take a break, everybody. And I'll put up on social media. I'll go back and find uh, some other uh, of uh, John's writings that I have, put them on his website and, and connect you to him. Uh, important, um, important book, important time. The nation will follow. Uh, and uh, I will uh, talk about it again. We'll have him back. Uh, we'll take a break, everybody. And we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Over the summer, the high gas prices and widespread flight cancellations made many would-be vacationers reconsider their plans. Early in the summer, Father's Day weekend gave us an example of the problem since there were thousands and thousands of passengers stranded due to flight cancellations. At least those travelers ultimately reached their destination, except where delays caused passengers to miss a connecting flight and then be stuck overnight in an unfamiliar city. Hundreds of passengers were grounded at the Atlanta airport for more than 24 hours. One mother with an 11-month-old daughter was stranded without infant formula, which had gone with her checked bag onto Omaha. The delays and cancellations continued through the weekend into Monday, when more than 3,000 flights bound for or departing in the U.S. were delayed, while another 370 flights were canceled by 5 p.m. that day. All this came in just one weekend of summer travel. Media stories fail to report on the underlying reasons for these problems. The primary cause is not weather or similar routine disruptions, but ripple effects caused by vaccine mandates demanded by the Biden administration and the Democrat-controlled Congress. The official story from Delta is that, quote, a variety of factors continue to impact our operations including challenges with air traffic control, weather, and unscheduled absences in some work groups, end quote. Delta may have been the worst offender over that Father's Day weekend at the beginning of the summer, but other airlines have had numerous cancellations at other times this year and throughout the summer. Unscheduled absences in some work groups is a euphemism for disruptions caused by vaccine mandates. 
public opposition to Biden's vaccine mandates is hurting his approval rating and harming Democrats' chances of holding on to control of the Congress in the upcoming midterm elections. Like many Americans, pilots, flight attendants, and air traffic controllers are saying no to vaccine mandates by not showing up for work and thereby leaving travelers stranded at airports. Neither Biden nor any Democrat has been willing to admit that just a few months from perhaps the biggest election of our lifetime, their vaccine mandates were a mistake. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. These culturally relevant commentaries, along with videos, columns, and bulletins, are waiting for you at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Plus, find, follow, and share our news and views on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Parler, Gab, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'm kind of ti- I'm tired and I'm, I'm kind of torqued up today. I'm finishing up the program as you head into the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. But listen, um, the January 6th debacle, let me say it differently, the January 6th effort, the effort by the Democrats and the left and the media to make January 6th into an insurrection and a coup has clearly failed. They couldn't make something that was a political gathering with a couple of dozen, maybe maybe more people who acted poorly, they couldn't make it into an insurrection or a coup because it wasn't. And they tried first to use the media and the, and the DOJ to sort of make it look like that. And then they used the select committee, the January 6th select committee, and it failed. And now they're back to the media. Politico has a magazine-length essay with a handful of historians, all of whom are, you know, uh, handpicked, to say, um, if we can't say that January 6th was really bad, um, that bad, if we can't actually get to the bottom of the day, what happened, um, let's talk about it in a bigger context and put it in the context of something ominous. And we'll have deep thoughts from our, our tenure track positions at major universities to say, oh, it was really bad. You know what that means? They can't prove that it was bad. And now they want to move on because if they ever release the 14,000 hours of video, we'll find out that it was actually nothing. It was some bad actors breaking a window, pushing someone. But what we haven't got to is who, who are the people that planted the pipe bombs in front of the RNC and the DNC hours before the so-called insurrection we don't know you know why because the fbi and the and the capitol police and everyone else is hiding what they know happened they're hiding what actually happened and now you're watching the drumbeats saying we just spent two years that's not fair 18 months we spent 18 months telling you with every tool in our arsenal from brainwashing to uh neuroscience to black um to uh to whitewashing and and brainwashing brainwashing is the word i want not whitewashing brainwashing all those things we've been doing with big tech big cable big government and it didn't really work well we got a third of the country to believe it was an insurrection they'll never they'll never think it wasn't just like a third of the country thinks there was russian interference in the election by trump there wasn't there was with hillary but here's the point now they got nothing 
and they got to pivot. Now we're going to have deep thoughts, deep conversations, deep thinking. Oh, wow. What do you really think happened? What do you really think? Have Let's have a big conversation, really big conversation to see if we can come up with what January 6th means in a larger context, because we can't look at actually what happened. We can't actually look at what happened because what happened ends up being at the, uh, here's what I think. If you could look at all 14,000 hours of videotape, if you could look at who the two people are that planted pipe bombs in front of the RNC and DNC, I think that there's at least very poor law enforcement management. They weren't ready. They didn't actually pay attention to the briefings. They just did a poor job. I think that's the most. That doesn't mean, by the way, there weren't heroic uh, cops and law enforcement that day. Of course there were. But they got it put in the position that they were in because of poor management. And that's at the best. At the worst, there was a whole bunch of bad actors who were informants or otherwise influenced by government or government agents that allowed things to get out of control. Again, I don't know which it was. I don't know what the range was. I can't tell. We don't know. But when Politico's saying it's really time, what really happened, we'll never know. Let's just move on. Let's what 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 was it? A riot? Was it an insurrection, a coup? Well, we spent two and a half, we spent 18 months, a year and a half trying to make it into one thing, but let's just move on. We got to move on. That's what they're doing. Let's get to the bottom of it. Yeah, let's go ahead and get to the bottom of it. You know what's at the bottom of it? At the bottom of this is the truth that we don't know. What happened? Let's get to the bottom of what actually happened, not what we've been spun on and what we've been brainwashed. That's what we have to get to the bottom. All right, we got to run. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer. Thank you to the great Joanna Spilger, associate producer. Thank you for listening. Visit ProAmericaReport.com. Stay tuned in over there. And uh, we will be back next week. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>